0: Welcome to Nero Awesome, the safe space where you can be reassured that you're understood. You can relax in the knowing that you're not alone and you're not a bad parent doing it all wrong. The very fact that you're here means the exact opposite. You're a great parent doing the very best you can with the tools that you have Neuroawesome is filled with all the tools and insights that I wish I'd had at the start of my journey as a parent to neuro- neurodivergent children i bring mindset spirituality strategy nuggets for you and your whole family it's the warm hug that you deserve you'll find meditations affirmations eft practices techniques and a whole lot more for you and your child This is for you if you have a child with ADHD or autism or any other additional needs with a diagnosis or without a diagnosis, it doesn't matter. If you're worried that you're not doing enough, doubting yourself, you're feeling life is a little chaotic and stressful, then you're in the right place. I read a quote the other day that said that parents of autistic children often have the stress profile that similar to a combat soldier. So that says it all. And I, I, f- I feel that I can completely relate to that. And this is why I've created this and continue to create all the tools and bits and pieces that are a part of NeuroWarsim, because we deserve this. Thank you so much and enjoy. Welcome to episode two, 10 ways to thrive if you are raising children who are neurodiverse. So number one, knowing that your challenges will change. So um, I went through a, a, a phase for a good few years of my eldest hurting other children, like immediately in a park or any kind of situation where he was overwhelmed and I've since learned that was a very much a sensory thing but he would hurt all the children pushing them biting them and at the time I was thinking is this ever gonna is it always going to be like this where we have to go to quiet places for that reason and there's there are there were certain places that we just couldn't go to at all like busy play areas and things because it would end in somebody getting hurt um, to the point where if, if another child was crying, I'd be thinking, what, I would just immediately assume that it was my child. And it wasn't always, but it got to that point where you think, oh my goodness. And that is not such a problem anymore. There still are conflicts sometimes. But that he has learnt to resolve conflict to an extent now, that still is uh, can be an issue at school, but things like that have got better. Some of that, I would say, is through maturity and just experience and him learning how to cope, being able to manage his emotions a bit more. Um, some aspect of that is possibly me trying to model how to behave and react when feeling upset, angry, and voice those emotions. I'm feeling so angry. Because or oh, I feel so upset about that. So I just need, to, I just need to go and have a sit down a minute. Like modelling those emotions, and to just to show that everybody has feels these things. That's perfectly normal. It's it's how you react. So things like that have helped. So naturally, there are certain things that will rectify themselves and happen naturally as your child matures and things change and they have different experiences. They become more able to cope in certain areas. Um. I'm not saying everything is magically fantastic, but things do get better. It's it's not a nice place to be if you're thinking, right, it's going to be like this forever and it's going to be horrendous. And now looking back at um, when I used to do the school pickup with um, my middle child, who was a toddler, two years old, who just used to run away. No element of of safety or danger you know when we're crossing roads and things um a young baby who didn't like being strapped into his pushchair um it was awful. And around that time of pick-up, around half past three, they're both tired. It was it was hell. And thinking, now that's never going to end. Well, now all three of them are at school, so we don't have a baby and a toddler to try and cart to school to do the pick-up. Things have evolved and changed, so things do get better. Please tell yourself that. Know that things do get better and reframing things in your mind as not seeing everything as a battle and a problem but saying okay this is a challenge how do we resolve this and certainly for us um things we've been going through at the moment are my my eldest has struggled in the afternoons where he's not had support whereas in the mornings where he's had support he's been okay and he's managing but where he doesn't have support, things are more, more challenging. And I have recently investigated the idea of, um, flexi schooling. So here in the UK, um, some schools, um, offer like, like a part time timetable where you can home educate to a, Make an agreement with the school to to suit you and to suit the school, but so you are part time educated in school and partly home educated, and that's the route I went down to try and help him to cope with forest school and more sort of hands on things. Now, school did not agree, so I've accepted that that wasn't meant to be for us, and it's it's a waste of my time and energy trying to fight that at the moment. We're going. I'm going to explore other routes um so yeah pick, pick your battles but um and see things more as ever as a challenge rather than just seeing everything as a big black dark hole although and I do get that you can feel like that sometimes and you feel like you are having to fight so hard for your child's basic needs to be met um but to to be to find your own solutions as much as possible and find ways around things and if you meet a dead end um any kind of blockade think okay well plan b then what what else can we do rather than just yeah it's that growth mindset approach isn't it of thinking there are other things there are other options we we can do other things to help it's not um if somebody tells you no then it's not like okay well there's nothing we can do there are look at other routes and other things Control what you can control and that also helps you mentally as well Um, rather than trying to control everything and lots of things that you cannot control as much as you would like to because it's your child. Control what you can control. Number two, seek advice from charities and SENs Send um, charities, autism charities, ADHD charities, a lot. There's so many in your area. There's some that are um, nationwide. There's there's so many charities available. And I've spoken to so many. They've been so useful in giving up-to-date advice on what to do. Um, they'll then often send you that advice again in an email. So you've got everything because it can get quite complicated, especially when you looking at the, the legal side of, of things. And that can be advice with writing um, EHCP here in the UK if you're trying to get support that way around, Or if your local authority has various, their own ways of doing things, um, then they're very aware of that if you go to like a local charity. But also you can receive free legal advice there are a lot of volunteers that do give up their time to give um legal advice to parents and you can book those sessions they do get quite booked up but um you can book yourselves in with those they are so useful so that's worth it even if you just want to just talk things through with somebody um they can give fantastic advice and a lot a lot of the well i think all of them that i've spoken to so far have got children with various needs so they completely understand um what you're going through number 3 is connection connection is so 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 key And although we never want to project our fears onto our child of their future and, oh my goodness, are they going to get a job? Are they going to get fired? How are they going to? We don't want to project that onto our children. But a lot of issues with um, children getting into antisocial behaviour and getting into addiction and things, they are linked to having a lack of connection, not feeling like they belong. So having that connection with them, and as well, certainly if they if they are young now, having that before they hit the teenage years can be so 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 key. And that seems like really common sense, straightforward. But just sometimes that reminder that connection is so important, and I think for us, that is the one thing that's transformed things made things a lot easier for us now is that my relationship with my eldest all three yes but mostly my eldest because we that's where there's been tension and friction in the past because because I've been learning this has all been new for me as well I've been trying to just treat him and have expectations of him just like he was just you know any old eight-year-old without considering that okay yeah but he has sensory needs so he will find this tricky oh he he he's autistic so he will find this and this tricky without sort of taking that into consideration as much as I should have done so that relationship and that connection so it's fostering ways of making that work so for us having like bath time where he has bath quite often in the evening and I'll just sit in the bathroom and we'll just have like a chat and to the point where he'll often say I'm going do my bath now come talk to me just something very relaxed so it's not like You don't want your child thinking, oh God, I've got to have this big chat where they ask me loads of questions. But just that some kind of thing that you can bond over, whether that's going to get ice cream or eating a particular meal together or going for a walk. And that's your time together. And also identifying when it's not a good time. Like for us, the hardest time is straight after school. So I would never try and have a full on chat or connection time straight after school pickup because no we, we're not regulated at all and um that would be really hard. Um yeah you need to sort of process the day before going into connection. And not just connection with your child um but connection with other parents if you can find other parents who are understand who have A child who is autistic has a child who has adhd or needs similar to your child who understand what it's like because it's very difficult for other parents with neurotypical children to relate to the things that you experience from day to day so whether that be online um or any kind of community or if there's a local group or anything like that or parents that you can connect with at school that is so helpful for you and will make you feel so much less alone um to have that and i will just say when you your connection time with your child for a lot of it to be led by them is great as well so they have some feeling of control and it's not just you firing questions um that can foster that um, positive relationship if they feel like they can take the lead as well. Which leads on to the next thing. Um, Number four, working together. I still very much believe in this. If there's a problem that arises, work with your child to problem solve and let them come up with various solutions it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go with what they suggest but you have a a brainstorm with your child and come up with solutions they can often come up with far better solutions than than we can thinking outside the box and you see they know their own needs from the inside so they can give great suggestions as to what will work and what won't work so uh, allowing them to join in the process of problem solving is a great way, and then when you are actually putting the the solution into place, how fantastic that they feel empowered to want to make it work because it was their idea and they were involved in the process. So I found that has been really key for us as well. If there are issues that that arise at school or at home or, or whatever it is, number five kind of relates to all of these, but being on the same tap team as your child as your children and advocating for them even if that can be awkward in situations even if that might make you feel like you're being a pain to the school or to other professionals but you advocating you you are the voice for your child especially if they are younger or they do find it difficult to explain things or verbalise what's going on for them. You are their cheerleader, not them versus you, which I think was our problem. Um, Going back, it was very difficult. I did have a bit of a strained relationship. I will admit that I can see that very clearly. I knew it at the time that it was strained um, and that that made things harder. And it did feel like we we're on different teams. And I was trying to, um, make things go smoothly as a family. And, um, that things were very difficult, but to feel like we are on the same team and we work together and we try and move through things together. And even if bad things happen, like modeling, apologizing when I get across and angry can be hard, but that definitely helps. And, we had a thing, re- something happened recently. I can't remember what it was exactly. Um, where, um, I'd made a ge- oh, I'd made a genuine mistake to school. I told school something that had happened, and I'd got the date wrong, and my son was really angry with me because he felt that that had made out that he'd told a lie at school, so. For me then to apologise to him and go and put the situation right at school was was really me modelling to him that okay I'm I apologise when I've done something wrong and I also put that right and to sort of reassure him that no, it's not everybody out to get him and and get him into trouble all the time but well adults make mistakes too and this is what we do when mistakes happen so that was kind of like seeing those things that go wrong as learning opportunities to model and grow from um can be a positive is positive spin on it number six positive self-talk i've learning more and more and more as i'm doing um a therapy course at the moment how how important self-talk is and again it sounds really obvious but you're your inner dialogue is drive so many things about your behavior and your actions that that you have to care be careful. And that's not to drive toxic positivity, where you have to be positive and it all has to be sunny and rainbows twenty four seven. Not at all. Like in fact, if you have difficult times or you're feeling low and things, it's to accept that. And and have your time to, to feel what it anger or sadness or whatever you're feeling, but then let it flow over you. When you felt that, let it flow through you. Don't hold on to that and have that resentment or that sadness or that anger carrying carrying it around with you like bags and bags of of unnecessary baggage to weigh you down all the time. Um move on from that um but look at your self-talk as you go along and use like mrs hinch has her to list, where she lists jobs um and different cleaning things that she's done um throughout the day and she'll go back at the end of the day i don't know if you've seen on social media she'll at the end of the day write a list of things that she has done and tick them off like oh clean this cupboard or whatever do that with parenting i found that so useful at the end of the day to think oh and Especially on days when I'm feeling really rubbish, like I haven't achieved much. I haven't been a good mum. I think, well, no, I did feed them a healthy breakfast this morning. I did get them to school on time. I did remember their water bottle. Like, however small, just think of your, to-do, your ta-da list. Um, and even just mentally, um, just list the things that you have done right. Because how that's just a little mini way to to make yourself feel a hell of a lot better um when you're struggling because you are doing a great job you are doing the best you possibly can with the tools that you have and listening to podcasts like this and things show that even more so that you want to learn and grow and it's you we're all human and we have bad days and that's fine you know we're all learning and growing Number seven, identify the times that are difficult. So for us going into school in the morning, there's a lot of anxiety coming out of school and that transition between home and school um, is particularly tricky because my children are dysregulated and quite stressed out from the day of, of school And um, once you've identified those tricky moments, so it might be like a social occasion that your child finds really hard or um, if like me, you are a single parent and you are your child is going to be with the other parent then transitioning back to being with you from be from being with the other parent can be hard because they're transitioning from one environment the set of people and relationship to another. So anything you can put in place to make that easy and calm. And if they need to go off and shut themselves in the room to to cope for the first However many minutes, just just to help themselves, or if they need to go and kick a football around, to help them, or if they need to go on a sensory swing or whatever it is that you do, we've got a spinning chair that we got for Christmas that's fantastic to just sit and and spin around. Uh, anything if they need to to regulate that way, using their senses or whatever it is that works, just to help them cope with those most difficult moments. And you're making changes to make things easier, Uh, maybe cutting out any after-school activities if that's causing stress um, or adding things in that that help them cope. You know your child best and what, what will work. Number eight, letting go of things, releasing things that are not serving you. So wanting to be liked all the time. How many of us try to get validation from other people and want just want to be liked. But that's not it's just not gonna nobody can be liked by everybody in the whole population in the whole world. It's just not how things work. So just accepting that things, some things have to be let go. Like even wanting everybody to like your child, as as awful as that sounds, like you might have to let that go like, as long as they're respectful and not unkind to them, just let people do what they want to do, think what they want to think. And that's none of your business in the nicest possible way, because you focus on you, where your focus goes, energy grows, as the, so the saying goes. So focus your energy on what you want rather than what you don't want. So you can get more of the, of the things that you do want. It might be letting go of things like wanting everybody to sit formally for a meal every night together as a family, that might just not work after the stress of school or the the whole day. That just might not be something that's going to work for your family uh, as hard as you try. And it, it would actually be quite detrimental to everybody if you try and force that. So things like that, you might just have to let it go. And if other people think that's bad parenting or frown upon your, well, it's not their choice. It's not their family. You're not doing anything wrong. You've just got to do what works for you, even if that looks slightly weird to other people. Number nine, lower your expectations. Lower your expectations of behaviour, particularly at certain times when you know your children are tired, when they're struggling, when they're in busy places that they find difficult. Um, I know my children can appear to be Rude at times when they are feeling dysregulated or stressed. So I know that's not the time for me to have high expectations of manners and things like that because they are calling for help because they are struggling with a situation socially uh, or emotionally. And me correcting their manners or modelling polite manners at that point, no, not going to work. It's like trying to teach a child to to swim as they are drowning. That's not the time to do that. There are other times when that's more appropriate. Number 10, identify the areas that need work. So there will always be things that are not quite perfect. And I'm not saying strive for perfection because that's impossible. You're forever beating yourself up. But it's its okay to do a review now and again and think, okay, what? isn't working that maybe I couldn't make an improvement and even by the tiny, tiniest little improvement could make the biggest difference. I'm sure the Queen Elizabeth said when she was alive, the quickest way to move forward is slowly in small steps or something to that extent. <laughs> but she said so take it slow and make very small incremental changes that will in the long term make big differences so for us it's the school holidays we need some more of a structure that's going to work because although the children are happy when they're off and they're more relaxed and things we do need some more of like a a routine to sort of um carve out the day and give us some kind of so that everybody's needs are met because I'm not getting as much work done they are um getting a bit restless at times that needs work so I'm going to identify that as my one thing so just identify what isn't working as well what what area could you improve so it might be bedtime okay what's one thing that you could do to make that work maybe that's bringing that bedtime five minutes early to give you more time if your children are making every excuse Um, not to go to bed or maybe that's introducing bath time whatever it is car journeys maybe that's introducing things in the car to keep them entertained if they are arguing on car journeys that's another one of our areas (laughs) um yeah you know the areas that you need to identify that need improvement and just reflecting on that but don't use that as as um something to beat yourself up um with because there's always areas to improve, aren't there? And there's always areas that are going well. So you're doing a fantastic job. Keep doing what you're doing. It's tricky at times. It's lonely and it's tricky. Thank you so much for listening. Um you can find me, look out for, for me on TikTok and um NeuroAwesome One and on Instagram NeuroAwesome um, and follow me. Um, if you'd like to hear more. Otherwise, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.